We don't smoke marijuana in Muskogee. We don't take our trips on LSD. We don't burn old glory down at the courthouse. Because we like living right and being free. <laughs> the words of Merle Haggard and Roy Edward Burris. A little ditty that we call Oki from Muskogee. And that is our selection for today's uh, Put on a Stack of 45s podcast with your buddies Bill Mesnick and Rich Buckland. It's nice to be back with you. And we hope that you're enjoying as we explore a 45 RPM of consequence, a recording from the archives that we shall either introduce you to or remind you of. And, uh, Take a little dive into the meaning and the uh, importance of these recordings. Today, of course, once again, Merle Haggard, the great Merle Haggard. Bill, what do you think of Merle's uh, songwriting prowess? Merle is one of the uh, best songwriters that America has produced. And uh, as I was saying to you a little while earlier, you introduced me to Merle Haggard when we were in high school when you played Fight Inside of Me. When you're For me, and I was down. appalled. I was appalled <laughs> and uh, disoriented. Disoriented. What the hell you were trying to tell me. Um, and, uh, of course, I had heard on the radio, Oki from Muskogee in 1969, when it, when it appeared and became an anthem for the silent majority. But, you know, I didn't pay any attention to, to any of that. Um, uh, it, it took me 40 years or so to appreciate the width and depth and breadth of Merle Haggard's genius. I took um, my son Jasper to see Dylan at the Pantages uh, during the never-ending tour of 25, 2005, and Merle Haggard opened for Dylan. And I thought, we liked Merle a lot better than we liked Bob. Well, I believe that was the show where Bob sat at the piano with his back to the audience for just about the entire... Uh, yes, it was very frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Well, Haggard has always been a master performer, as well as one of the smoothest, most dedicated vocalists. So it's a purity to his sound that uh, one listened to Silver Wings. Silver Wings Shining in the sunlight and uh, you're literally flying. In, in yeah, I think he and George Jones kind of, you know, the yesterday's wine guys. Well, they're linked, they were and their recordings together are, are... Neck and neck. Are neck and I mean, there's... I don't think Merle attained the, um, the grace of He Stopped Loving Her Today, which is considered by many to be the greatest country record ever recorded. And I have to concur. It's Billy Braddock's song is just one of the most magnificent songs. But as a writer, he racked up, you know, you know, how are you going to beat Mama Tried? Well, you're not going to beat it with White Boy. And that's where we get back to the conversation of Merle's uh, evolution we, mm -hmm. You yeah. and I had been discussing Merle's political evolution. And uh, when you say that when I played fighting side of me for you, you were disoriented and frightened and you wondered if I was sending you a message. They're walking on the fight. 
me Running down a way of life Our fighting men have fought and died to keep If you don't love it, leave it Let this song that I'm singing be a warning When you're running down our country horse You walk in on the fighting side of me There was no messaging there. It was my compliment uh, to understanding what this music was about before it became popularized as I started collecting Star Day recordings at a very young age. Uh, George Jones, uh, Cowboy Copus, Assorted Artists, uh, Hawkshaw Hawkins, um, just a variety of recordings that had this very down-home, intimate feel to it, uh, and, and I took to it. I knew there were two Americas. I knew there were two Americas very, very early on. And what Merle was doing, and was probably the first to inform us of this, is that, yeah, there are two Americas, and I want to tell you about the other one. So this, of course, in 69, Oki from, from Muskogee is exploring uh, the unrest and what Merle considered the disparagement of those returning home from a war that nobody wanted to fight, but this is my country, damn it, and we got to fight it. You once stated that you had heard that Merle indicated that this was actually done as almost a parody. Well, there are many stories, and you know, he uh, that came directly from his mouth. At one time, he said he, he, it was written inspired by memories of his dad, who he lost when he was nine. And, you know, he was born in Oildale, California, next to Bakersfield, but his parents were Okies. Um, you know, but then at one time he said uh, it started as a joke. He and his partner, uh, songwriting partner, uh, Mr. Burroughs, uh, were driving through Oklahoma, and there was a sign, Muskogee, 19 miles, and he kind of you know, jabbed him in the ribs and said, hey, I bet they don't smoke marijuana in Muskogee. And they laughed and they started writing this song and realized they had something much deeper on their hands as they went along. Later in 1990, he said, sometimes I wish I hadn't even written it because I was indelibly stamped with this political image. Interestingly, much later, he became an advocate of marijuana in a big way. Uh, and even at the end of his life, his daughter now um, went into the pot business. And uh, he has a strain called Merle's Girls. Um, so, you know, it, it, quite an evolution. These guys were, uh, when you hang around with uh, Waylon Jennings and you hang around with Willie Nelson, I think it's a little hard to not uh, get invested in uh, an appreciation of weed if that is your thing. But we talk about evolution, and, um, you know, Merle did time in prison for bank robbery, and uh, uh, he tried to escape from a facility, which is when they sent him to San Quentin. And uh, interestingly enough, and this is a very interesting Merle Haggard fact for me, he was thrown into solitary for running a gambling racket and uh, met up with Carol Chessman, who has fascinated me ever since I read the book Death Row. Uh, because Chessman was the cat that was the longest on death row, known as the red light killer. 
still debated to this day whether he was a murderer or rapist. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Merle spent a lot of time in jail. First went to juvie when he was 13 in 1950. Um, he spent 15 months in uh, in juvie there. He was arrested again in 57 for attempted robbery. Uh, it transferred to San Quentin in, in 58. And one of the stories that he told was, and I think which kind of turned his mind around and started him on a new path, was he had planned to escape with his, uh, his uh, jailmate, James Rabbit Kendrick. He didn't go, Hendrick Kendrick did, and ended up shooting a policeman and being executed. And um, that was a twist of fate for, um, fate intervened for Merle. Yeah, he was able to turn everything around. And um, the, you know, the, the, the Carol Chessman reference has always been interesting because it's, if you have someone in, in, in a death sentence for years and years and years, are you killing the same man that you put in prison? So I think Merle understood that very, very early on, um, that you change or you die. And uh, his original devotion to Vietnam and the anti-war protests spawned, in my estimation, and from his own mouth, the writing of Oki from Muskogee. He says, when I was in prison, I knew what it was like to have freedom taken away. Freedom is everything. During Vietnam, there were all kinds of protests. And here were these servicemen going over there and dying for a cause. We don't even know what it was really all about. But here are these kids free bitching about it. There's something wrong with that and disparaging those poor guys. Um, I have to look back and reflect as well as my own behaviors during that period. And I don't feel very honorable about uh, how I received veterans at that particular time. Um, But then meanwhile, in 2001, he said uh, this was a documentation of the uneducated that lived in America at that time. Yeah, I mean, he he reversed position. He talks about the evolution that he he felt. Um, He said it was the photograph that I took of the way things looked through the eyes of a fool. And most of America was under the same assumptions I was. Uh, He now says... The silent majority. Silent majority. He says, and now I sing the song with a different attitude, although I'm sure there's many in the audience that just reflect on the nostalgia of that particular... Americanism, as it was branded right. by by Haggard back then, just as many people will look back on the Trump era as uh, as a nostalgic reminder of what their idea of patriotism is. But there's two sides to these coins, and when you have someone as brilliant as Merle Haggard interpreting for you through songs like "Fighting Side of Me" and "Oki from Muskogee," it has to make you think. At least it made me think, and. Uh, this is the first time I'm, I'm aware that my introduction to Merle actually frightened you. You, you were, w- were really took me back. Were Were you tripping at the time I played that record? Well, I I I, I had no. I was one of those dismissive, uh, you know, of the country performers. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, and 
it was my, you know, I have evolved as well. Yes, you have, my friend. Yes, you have. Now, when I mention George Jones, you do not cringe. If I bring up a country artist, you do not cringe. So to, to summarize, uh, where do you think we are as opposed to where we were in 1969 as far as the attitudes that Merle shared? Uh, is, is the intensity greater? Is it similar, only similar? Yeah, it's very similar, it's, uh, and it's frighteningly similar. And, but the difference is I was very young then, and, you know, I wasn't, I didn't feel threatened by it. And now, uh, as a doddering oldster, I'm terrified <laughs> of, the, uh, of the tsunami that's uh, crashing around me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we see it through having lived through a generation that uh, brought some of the greatest music and literature and poetry into the world. Um, I don't quite see it that way anymore. I think that uh, creative elements have uh, have diminished, and I think that people in our age group, of course, need to fear, particularly when the message from the top of the alleged American electoral food chain is, don't worry about it, just don't worry about it. In any case, yeah, we're going to go to Oki from Muskogee. The, the brilliant Merle Haggard, born, by the way, on uh, April the 6th, 1937, and died on that same date in 2016. 79th birthday. 79th birthday. Let's give this a spin. Let's put this on the old turntable. We don't smoke marijuana in Muskogee We don't take our trips on LSD We don't burn our draft cards down on Main Street Cause we like living right and being free We don't make a party out of loving But we like holding hands and pitching woo We don't let our hair go long and shaggy Like the hippies out in San Francisco do A place where even squares can have a ball We still wave old glory down at the courthouse White lightning still the biggest thrill of all Leather boots are still in style for manly footwear Beads and Roman sandals won't be seen And football's still the roughest thing on campus And the kids here still respect the college dean And I'm proud to be an Okie from Muskogee Place where even squares can have a ball 
We still wave old glory down at the courthouse. White lightning still the biggest thrill of all. And white lightning still the biggest thrill of all. my friend a literal barn burner it's food for thought uh, and a brilliance regardless of what the message is this is Merle Haggard this is Merle Haggard and worth uh, contemplating at any time at any time and we hope that you will contemplate with us once again when we return for another episode of uh, put on a stack of 45s and we will see you soon uh, on put on a stack of 45.